Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Today we're going to be talking with one of our most recent fellowship recipients. He's a sculptor. He's based in the Delta, and he's joining us via the electronic uh, uh, sphere, but uh, but always uh, very close. Uh, Mr. Lawson King. Lawson, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Larry. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to have you, We, uh, albeit remotely. Um, we were talking before we got started. You are, you're a native of the Delta, and... Uh, currently uh, in Casilla, Mississippi. Is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. And I was saying, I think you're the first grantee ever from Casilla, Mississippi, which is not the biggest town in the Delta, I guess. What's yeah, going yeah, on in Casilla these days? Well, they just got a new water tower a couple of years ago, um, so that's pretty big <laughs> and exciting. Um, but, you know, not a lot. It's uh, It's real kind of rural out there, a lot of hills, a lot of kudzu. It's real beautiful. Um, you know, it's just a nice place for me to be secluded and and, and think about and, and make work. Well, tell folks about, you're a sculptor and you, you create uh, stuff, especially for kind of larger pieces. Tell, just give us kind of an overview of, of what type of work that you do. Um, so I do a large uh, metal sculpture. Um, I have experimented with fiberglass, but I, it's kind of messy and I don't know if I want to get back into that, but um, I'm looking forward to working in some aluminum. Aluminum's real nice and lightweight. And I think it's, I can make something large, but also be, you know, uh, lightweight enough that I can manage it. Um, but I really enjoy sculpture as a uh, public thing for everybody. Um, you know, when you, when you think about art and you think about the public's uh, interaction with art, um, it could be pretty limiting if if you don't know, you know, galleries or if you don't know, you know, when the shows are or you don't feel comfortable going to galleries or shows for any reason. Um, public sculpture for me is more of a an accommodating and welcoming, um, you know, thing for everybody to enjoy. That's awesome. And, and so and people can. That's right. You don't have to worry about gallery hours with your work. You can just say. Go down this street and you'll see it. Go at, you know, three right. o'clock in the morning or go on Sunday at seven or whenever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go at your own time, your own speed. You know, you can have a picnic out there. You make it, you, you know, you, you kind of control a little bit more of, of your experience that way, I think, as a viewer, when you're when you're interacting with public sculpture. That's awesome. Well, well tell us about kind of growing up. You grew up in the Delta, right? Right. I'm from Indianola. So what, talk about kind of your, your early years and, and influences you may have had, kind of things that got you interested in art. Well, um, you know, there's not a lot of art in, in Indianola. Um, there's, there's not a lot of exposure to the arts. Um, and so I was really lucky that uh, my grandmother is an artist. Uh, her name is Marcella Small. She, uh, does, she actually does sculpture too. Um, 
but she she really you know exposed me to a lot of art as a, as a young kid and really encouraged me and also my mama uh she um she used to draw all the time and still does she draws and paints all the time and so that was basically from family was where i got most of my art exposure um because i didn't take my first art class until i left uh to go to the mississippi school for math and science and took took my first art class in high school but were you uh as a kid were you drawing or painting or or you know trying to build things out of tinker toys or legos or are there any kind of like creative uh uh, things that you did just maybe you didn't call it art back then but something that you did that was kind of fed into this well I did draw a lot as a kid and and I and I do remember in third grade dressing up as an artist on uh you know what do you want to be when you grow up day but I'll you know when I go back and think about my childhood there's there's one thing that kind of sticks out to me um especially for sculpture um so my mom used to have a video store in Indianola called Video Express. And so she would get all these displays, you know, the cardboard displays, and they would come flat. And so they would have all these pattern pieces. And so I just remember, you know, being really infatuated and being really excited to put those uh, displays together for her. And it was, you know, a big challenge and a puzzle. And I remember being so proud, you know, walking through her video store, seeing, seeing the displays. Some of them had lights, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. But now your grandmother, she, I don't know, did she, she taught at Delta State, right? In the art department. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She taught, she taught ceramics. And so she kind of had an influence on a lot of artists in the region and, and across the state as well, I would imagine as a teacher. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, you know, meeting a lot of people and them telling me they had her class and, um, you know, how much, how much of an influence she was to them. And um, that's really uh, you know, it really makes me happy to hear. It kind of makes me jealous, you know, because I would love to have had one of her classes myself. <laughs> but I still feel like she may, she may not have, she may treat me, you know, like a grandson instead of a student. But yeah, she, she had a huge influence on me. She has a studio out there. I'm actually living on her property in, in Casillo, or I'm about to move from. And so she has a studio out there that's got two kilns and it's all, you know, set up for ceramics. And, um, yeah, she just would have us out there making little pots and, um, you know, trying to learn how to throw on the wheel and, you know, things like that. And that was a lot of fun. You're listening to the Arts Hour. Our guest today is Lawson King. He's a sculptor. He's based in the Mississippi Delta, and he's one of our current Artist Fellowship recipients uh, of our very selective fellowship program that we award uh, grant awards to individual artists to help kind of build on their work. And congratulations for that, by the way. We didn't mention that at the top. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's quite. A, it's a good accomplishment. We get a lot of applications every year, so it's it's not an automatic thing when people apply that they will get it. You mentioned, um, you know, like your first art class uh, being at the School of Math and Science in Columbus, and I'm just, I'm just very. It's very interesting because uh, we've had other. I know at least one other artist on the Arts Hour who who went to math and science. So you think, I think about some uh, friends, kids who go and they go on to be engineers and uh, other, you know, other kind of technical degrees. But tell me about what math and science did for you in terms of, you know, your creative life and kind of exposing you to that. Well, I think, um, I think it's really important in order to, uh, 
kind of complete my thoughts and complete my ideas to have a very well-rounded, I guess, knowledge base, um, you know, I, you know, to know history, to know math, to know English, to be able to write about my work or to, to be able, you know, to do the math that it takes to, to build sculpture. Um, so, you know, all of those things, you know, science and, you know, patinas on metal. I mean, all of that stuff is very connected. Um, and that's really funny that, uh, you know, most of the, most of those guys do guys and girls do, uh, go on to be engineers and doctors and, and, uh, you know, I thought the art program there was great. <laughs> I just, I think uh, one of the things I've seen, at least there was a, there's a woman who, uh, she was teaching. Was it Jamie? Excuse me? Was it Jamie? She's a photographer. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I think she was from yeah. like a small town in South Mississippi. And she, similar, she said, you know, this was my first exposure. And, and it was just, an, to see that connection is very interesting. Was she a classmate of yours or did you know her? I don't know her. I actually haven't met her. I've just only heard about her. So, I've, you know, we've, we've kind of chatted online and, and I follow her work. And um, I believe she's teaching down in Florida now. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting to, to hear that connect. That type of connection was interesting because I it's 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 a very interesting school, unique place. So now kind of moving to to college, you originally went to University of Mississippi and but you did not you were not an art major. Is that right? That's right. Um, well, I thought I would go on, you know, to, to be a clinical psychologist because um, I was really interested in psychology and, you know, thought and memory and, and things like that. Um, but I, as I as I was applying to grad schools, I, I think I recognized that it, it, it that I wasn't really passionate about it. And um, but I took I took art classes the whole time I was there. Um, but, you know, I, did, I, just, I guess I just didn't. I didn't have the the right person to pull me in. So after I graduated from from Ole Miss with psychology, I had an opportunity to do, uh, teach art to children through Delta Arts Alliance. And um, I just kept teaching. They just kept asking me to come back. Um, so my grandmother was supposed to teach, but she, she felt sick. So she asked if I could take her place. And then they just kept asking me to come back. And then I just really was was enjoying myself so much, and you know my, I was so so stimulated creatively, and um, and I was I, I felt very full. So I figured that uh, I would just go back to school. Uh, so around this time, I was in Del I was in Cleveland, and Michael Stanley, who was is running the sculpture department there, you know I, I met him around town, and I would hang out at the art department, and and he would always try to get me to come back to school, and eventually I did. Um, and I'm really glad I did because Mike happened to be, you know, just such a great mentor to me and still is. And it's really exciting, too, because I'm in, moving to Clarksdale with him and I'll be sharing a shop with him. That's awesome. So when you were at Ole Miss, were you did you get kind of introduced to sculpture at that point or was this something that came later at Delta State? I did take um, several, I did take a couple sculpture classes at, at Ole Miss. I took one with Phil Beckwith and and I think I took my 3D design with him. But the public sculpture thing kind of came later when I was at Delta State. Um, just because I, you know, I guess I kind of was sick of the the setup of art and how it's distributed and, and how it's kind of um, kept away from, you know, uh, different groups of people who who may not you know have access to it, 
Um, so I just thought about public sculpture and I had done, you know, some traveling and I just remember the impact that, you know, certain like Klaus Oldenburg or James Terrell's would have on me, you know, just seeing it out in public. Um, so that was really inspiring. And then, and then from, so for my thesis, I decided to do some uh, large sculptures and, and ended up placing those um, in several different sculpture gardens around the country. So when you got to Delta, so when you got to Delta State was kind of doing that large scale work, was that where you kind of initially learned that? Because it seems like a very specific type of training to do that, as opposed to something that's going to sit in a gallery on a, you know, on a pedestal or something, smaller pieces. Yeah, so I definitely learned um, how to start. I learned, I learned initially at Delta State, yes, uh, under Michael. And um, you know, my, I look at my sculptures now and, and I think about all the training that I've had since then. Um, so after Delta State, I had an opportunity to go study with Ray Katz. He's a, he's a sculptor up in Pontiac, Michigan, and he does, he takes sculpture all over the country. Um, and he's shown in, you know, most states, I'm sure. Um, but just working with him, I worked with him for two years and, and just the, level of uh, technical skill that I that I improved, you know, was was really, uh, I think, really good for my for my work, because it just cleans up everything really nicely. And it, and it makes me more confident that, you know, this thing isn't going to fall apart. You know, when I put it out there, it's going to stay stay, you know, strong forever. So yeah, I, I learned at Delta State. And then I kind of just got really, I guess, more acclimated in, in Michigan. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey. Our guest today is Lawson King. He's a sculptor based in the Delta and uh, a native of the Delta as well. And he is a current uh, Artist Fellowship recipient of the Arts Commission, one of the uh, several Arts Fellowship recipients this year. So let's talk about your work, actually, like what it looks like and what it is. So this is this is especially the work that you submitted to us for the fellowship. It's it's large outdoor base work. It's steel, right? Stainless steel, I guess, is the primary. I've done some steel, some uh, some uh, aluminum, some fiberglass. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about that question you just asked uh, about when I started to make public sculpture. Yeah. And it happened kind of when, well, it happened when, when uh, the shooting at Delta State happened. Um, I, you know, I just, I was on campus and it was just such a moving experience. Um, and I, and I, you know, knew, knew the parties involved. Um, and, and it was just really a, a moment that I felt like I needed to, to react to. So, um, so I'm, my first big sculpture is a broken arrow, 
um, that's made after for Ethan Schmidt, uh, the professor who was a Native American historian at Delta State who was killed. And um, that piece is on Fifth Avenue outside of the building that he worked in, um, in Cleveland. Um, so that was huge. Uh, and that was, you know, th just seeing the response that people had for that, that big work was really, really exciting. Um, so then, you know, during, during my senior year, I kind of was trying to organize my thoughts in a way that showed kind of my, my influences. And, and one of my main influences is, is children and the freedom of children, but also kind of their um, natural um, intuitive, you know, abilities um, to, to just be themselves, to, to, to be free, I guess, you know, for, for lack of a better word. Um, so, so for my thesis work, I did a series of sculptures that was um, based off of left-handed drawings. So I'm, I'm right-handed. So I figured, you know, if I draw with my left hand, I'll, I'll let go of some of that control and, and do these kind of loose sketches that I don't have really any um, control over. And, and so then I translated these, you know, quick pen sketches into, into larger steel sculptures. And I painted them with uh, primary colors and, you know, just to really make them pop like, like a kid's toy or something like that. And those are really fun. I think I think they're they're more abstract, but they do have a hint of uh, of, of subject matter in them. And um, they were it's it's fun to see what people interpret them as. But so then I kept thinking about it and 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 found some symbolism in some of my in in the work that I've done. And I I found the hand and the balloon just kind of constant in my work. Maybe not together but but just kind of a constant and i started thinking about the idea of you know a balloon and a hand you know just the image of that and and kind of um you know it's still very kind of childlike and, and free and playful but it's to me it kind of exposes this struggle between letting go of something or holding on to it you know it's we all we go through these decisions every day where we where we have to uh you know, do what we can and then, and then let go of the rest, what we can't control. Um, so then, you know, I started making these hand and balloon compositions where this hand kind of looks tangled up by this balloon or, you know, there's just a relationship, uh, some kind of dance between the, the hand and the balloon where it, you know, might look like it, it might show that, um, I don't know, just show that struggle. But, but, you know, it's really fun to me that they, they are so lighthearted because it, to me, like the, the, the overall idea is kind of a, kind of a really heavy one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm working on now. I just, um, there's a big blue hand and red balloon downtown in Cleveland right now. Um, and, and I want to make more of those. That's what I plan, plan to do pretty shortly here. So talk about like, this doing this kind of outdoor sculpture, you, you're the scale of yours are what 10 what, what's the kind of the size of these pieces um the one in downtown cleveland is about 15 feet high and and i want to stay between about 10 and 15 feet um just for now with you know i just want it to be manageable for me um and there are ways you know i've learned how to how to how to pack a sculpture up and take it apart so that you can carry it easier, you know, if you don't have a big truck and trailer. Um, so right now, I think what I what I have to focus on is how to build these and then how to transport them. Because what, what I'll have to do is, you know, uh, there's a lot of sculpture gardens or cities that are, that are putting out calls for public sculpture. 
And so I, I would have to, you know, travel with the sculpture and, and install it. But yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a lot of process, you know, uh, working up in Michigan with Ray, we, we did a lot of things kind of spontaneously and, and kind of, um, you know, uh, just kind of happenstance. And I really like that method of working where it's, where you let the work dictate what it what it becomes. And um, so I'd love to incorporate that a little bit more into my work because my work has always been more, um, I guess, direct from a sketch or direct from a model. Um, so so first I'll build a model and then and then I'll, you know, have to fabricate the piece. You're listening to the Arts Hour. Our guest today is Lawson King. He's a sculptor based in the Delta, and he's an Artist Fellowship recipient from the Arts Commission this year. Talk a little bit about kind of those those special skills that you need. So you, you got all the baseline skills, I guess, high school and undergrad, and probably some at, at Delta State too. You know, your drawing and and color theory and all those kind of things. But building these large actually making these large sculptor sculptures there's a whole another level of you know what welding cutting talk about kind of the developing those very specific skills well i think i think welding and um fabrication to most people seems like such a such a hard thing to do but uh, you know it's it's kind of simple when you when you when you sit down and learn it um but you know I think I think perfecting a technique will, will make it a lot easier for you down the road. So there's a lot of grinding, you know, a lot of um, a lot of uh, finishing. I think finishing is is the most important part. You know, you, you can make the piece and then and then you you spend you know a quarter of the time making the piece and then you spend the rest of the time doing the really you know fine detail cleanup work. Um, and those, that's really fun to me. And, and I really appreciate craftsmanship, you know, for that reason, you know, you go out to see public sculpture and, um, you know, you, you, you can just look at all the welds or all the, all the grinds or all the corners or the edges and, you know, just see how was this put together. And I really love going to, to see sculpture for that reason, you know, just analyze it and think about, oh, well, how would I have done that? You know, so that, that was a lot of fun. And I think I got pretty good at that in Michigan. So tell, how did that, how did that, uh, it was kind of like a, I guess, an apprenticeship that you did with, with yeah, that guy. How yeah. did that come about? Well, I was um, installing a sculpture with uh, the Matthew Sanders Sculpture Garden in Cleveland, Mississippi. And um, every every two years, they, they do a call for sculpture. And, and so sculptors from all over the country apply and um, they'll bring all their work down. And Nan and Mike will have, uh, you know, a big sculptor's party or, you know, gathering for, for all the people. And it's really a, a fun experience. So they get to network and interact because a lot of these sculptors um, know each other and, you know, they see each other on the road and installing sculpture. Um, so while, while I was there, I met a guy named Ray Katz who uh, we just kind of chatted for a second and he asked me what I was doing and I told him I didn't really know. And he, uh, he asked me if I wanted to come work for him within, you know, a few seconds of, of chatting with him. And, and I took him up on it and, and it turned out to be a great experience. You know, it was, it was kind of, kind of came to me in that way. What did you, what did you have you doing? Like, what was your routine up there? Well, um, eight to five, Monday through Friday, making sculpture in the shop. And that was a lot of fun. And, and, um, you know, it was rain. I mean, it was, there was a lot of snow up there and there was some, 
polar vortexes and and you know we we were out there moving sculpture you know during all that and, and that was another i think layer of uh of um determinism that i really admire about ray you know he, he's gonna get his sculpture done no matter what and you know so that was he's he's been a big influence on me in that way too you know he's just his his drive was was really inspiring to me hopefully he has uh, some heated buildings that he works in or <laughs> well he had a little pot belly stove you know he okay would, he would he would uh you know it was in the other room but uh yeah, I, I spent a good amount of time by that stove. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first uh, first winter up in up in some serious winter for you, I guess, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of uh, winter clothes now, so I'm I'm pretty prepared, um, you know, for a cold winter if we have it, and and being cold in the shop, you know, that's that's something that kind of, you know, comes with the territory, I guess. Talk about your. Uh... You mentioned the the influence of your experience working as now this was as the artist in residence work that you did through Delta Arts Alliance. What kind of just kind of give us a description of that and 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 then how that how you saw that feeding into your your current work? Um, yeah, so um, I I have taught children art for maybe about five years, and I'll, I'll be starting again on this Friday, and just kind of the all the kids drawings that I saved that they were, they were going to throw away, you know, all of the things that they did that I thought were so, uh, so beautifully spontaneous and perfect, you know, um, that really inspired me. And, and it really kind of, you know, w when you go to art school or when you go to school for any, any subject, they kind of, you know, teach you a certain set of ways to doing things. And I think the, the important thing to, to know about art is, is like, once you learn how to do these things, then you can learn how to break the rules or then you can learn, you know, how, how to, how to be free as well as, you know, um, kind of, I don't want to say contrived, but free and purposeful or, or intent, intentive. But, um, just, you know, the kids were really inspiring. They're, they're, they always loved art class. They were really excited to have me. Um, and it was, it was always a good time. What kind of stuff did you work with them on? Well, you know, a lot of them don't have art class, so um, it was all very basic. Um, it was all very, you know, basic principles of art. Um, you know, I tried to teach them about design and, and um, you know, I, I tried to expose them to as many artists as I could. Um, you know, we would we would even do some sculptural projects in paper to, to get into the 3D, or we would do sculptural projects with, plaster if i had a a good you know small class um so we 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 covered a lot of ground um and i you know i, I taught from kindergarten to 12th grade so it was there was a lot of uh you know differences in the in the ability so you know it, it was uh fun with the little kids uh to to break out some plaster and you know watch them squeam get squeamish when you when you pour it in their hand and tell them to wait it to wait for it to dry and so then you could teach them about negative and positive space, you know. What about the, you know, once you get into, it's kind of junior high, high school where kids start really like saying, oh, I'm no good at this. You know, I can't do this. I'm no, I'm not a good artist. How do you, how do you push back against that? You know, that's a pretty common attitude people get. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, I understand that. And I think, you know, that was actually one of my, one of the main things I tried to teach was, or tried to, uh, 
relayed to the kids was, uh, you know, self-confidence and, and kind of just letting go, you know, that goes back to the whole letting go idea, um, you know, because we have all these expectations of how something should be, you know, and and that can get in the way of, of actually creating. And, you know, I struggled with that and I still do. Um, so I really tried to encourage them, you know, for working hard and, and you know, when they feel bad about something to, to get through it. You know, we, we were mostly learning how to fix our mistakes, you know, and power through uh, a dry spell or, or, or something that you don't like, you know, start over. Um, so that was always important in my classroom. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. We're back on the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and today our guest is Lawson King. He's a sculptor based in the Delta, and he's also an Artist Fellowship recipient from the Arts Commission this year. So a lot of your your artistic training came in, at Delta State, and for those people from other parts of the state who, who are not as familiar, I was hoping you could just kind of talk a little bit about kind of... Delta State has a very long uh, kind of a long tradition of, of, of the visual arts, you know, and, and having strong teaching and that there. And just kind of in your feelings, talk about kind of like what you, what you experienced and, and, and the importance of that visual art kind of, uh, that visual art program for the school, you know, the community and, you know, the region. Yeah. Um, Delta state was, uh, just such a great experience for me. Um, all the professors there were just, you know, very passionate and, um, you know, very um, diligent and, and, you know, they, it, it, it was more like a, more like a community rather than, it was more like a community space rather than a, you know, a teacher student space sometimes for me. And I'm not sure if that was just because I, I you know, came after already graduating from Ole Miss, but, um, it was very, very family kind of feeling, you know, and I think that that's how it's been for a long time. Um, my grandma used to teach there under Malcolm Norwood and, uh, you know, she said the same thing, like it was just a very big family oriented kind of uh, space. And, and, you know, I think when people can live and work together like that and, and build off of each other and inspire each other, I think that's when we can get some really great communities of, of artists. And, um, you know, Delta State with Cross Tie in Cleveland and, and the Matthew Sanders Sculpture Garden um, and, you know, now the Grammy Museum. There's just a lot of um, opportunity there, I think, for a young artist to grow um, and to learn how to how to how to manage the field of art and how to how to promote yourself and how to how to, you know, place work or sell work or, or network even 
which is really important. And and just the whole town of Cleveland was just so uh, so supportive. You know, it 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 was a great experience. You know, I I don't think you know Delta State. I don't think Delta State people don't know about Delta State. It's like a, it's a it's a nice little secret. You know, it's a nice it's a great school. You know, I would love for I always encourage my my young artists students to go there or you know if they're if they're nervous about going off to college. You know, I, and I would even go recruit for them. That's what I was telling them. Like I would love to go recruit for y- for y'all. You know, but it, it was just a great experience. And and I think that if I was at a larger school, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, get to know my professors that well, get to spend that much time with them, um, you know, get get to make such big work because of space, you know? I mean, if there's 10, 10 people in the studio, then I'm not gonna be able to make big work in there, you know? Um, so it was just really advantageous for me and uh, it was really instrumental in my growth, I think. Um, and, it, you know, it, it led me to Ray uh, in Michigan and that, that was great uh, and, and it's just, it's a great school. It's a great, great art program, and I'm I'm really proud to proud to proud to have a degree from there. You mentioned earlier the uh, the sculpture garden, which has been at Delta State. I I want to say a good, well, probably almost twenty years now. Definitely since the early two thousands, I remember going to see it when it was getting started. And so that must be, especially for your work, to have that much kind of contemporary sculpture to see on a regular basis. Talk about that as a student, you know, in, in your discipline to have that as a resource and, uh, and, and as an opportunity to, to meet, uh, working artists. Yeah. The sculpture garden is, is uh, I mean, it's, it's so cool. I, I remember being a kid and, and taking the bus over to, uh, the B, the B pack there in Cleveland and, and seeing a, a show, you know, with school on a field trip. And I remember seeing all the sculptures outside, um, and, and coming back as an adult is just kind of uh, it's just kind of serendipitous, you know. It's kind of uh, really warm for me. It's a really warm feeling, and and they have such great work there. I mean, they have have some really really nice sculpture there. And for for me, when I was a student, it was great to go reference, you know, or to go say this is what I do like, this is what I don't like, or you know, see how people put things together. And um, you know, see if see if those are ways that I wanted to pursue or not. And um, you know, see how people use color, see how people use material. Um, you know, a lot of sculpture is just made with flat sheet material. Even the you know, even the most sculpture is made with like flat sheet. And it's just fun to see how people can manipulate it in so many different ways. Um, you know, as far as finish, as far as shape, as far as texture. You know, I mean, there's so many different things you can do with it. Um, so that was a really great resource to have. And then, you know, I was lucky to to place a sculpture in the garden two years. Um, I placed my first sculpture um, in 2017 and my second one in 2019. Um, and that was just great because, you know, w- when all the sculptures come down and, and everybody's, you know, getting to know each other and we have a big dinner and, and we go out by the river. And, and it's a, it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Um, and that's going to help me on down the road, you know, but, you know, need to get in when I need to get into uh, different programs. Like I, I would love to go to um, get my master's degree in sculpture. And I've met a lot of people who've had so many good recommendations on good master's programs for for the particular work that I'd like to do, um, which is, you know, really important when selecting a program. Um, so, you know, it's just been a, a wealth of, of uh, 
I mean, it's, it's just been, it's been great. Uh, I'm really lucky to have it, you know? That's great. You're listening to the Arts Hour on MPV. I'm Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Lawson King. He's a sculptor in the Delta and an Artist Fellowship recipient this year. I was curious about when you were talking about, you know, everything, lots of work starting with flat sheet. You know, unlike a, um, a, a painter or someone works in charcoal who goes, you know, they go to the art supply store and buy their, their base materials. So where do you, you kind of have to go a totally different, talk about kind of like, you know, where does that stuff come from and, and how do you get it and how do you decide what to use? Well, um, you know, for me, I usually have ideas. Um, I, I usually know what I want to make before I make it. So it's, it's pretty direct. Um, you know, I can kind of figure out what I want to buy. Um, and there's, you know, metal supply stores. I, I, you know, I put my put my steel toes on and go over to the metal supply store, and they'll they'll you know drop off some sheets on the back of your truck. And um, so some people, you know, some people do a lot of things with found objects, or prefabricated objects. And you can, I mean, you can get those at the junkyard. I mean, and clean them up, and they're they're perfectly fine. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of places to get. You could find good material on the side of the road. You know, you never know. <laughs> But your work is mostly coming from kind of like, just like, I would what call it virgin sheets of, of metal that you use. Is that kind of your starting point primarily, or? That's where I like to start, um, unless I'm doing something that has, uh, you know, linear elements. If I have linear elements, I might buy some tubing or pipe. Um, in the sculpture in Cleveland downtown, there's some steel tubing that's uh, you know wrapped around as the balloon string. Um, and, and that's, you know, you can, you can manipulate these materials in so many different ways by, you know, heating or hammering or, or bending or, or, you know, uh, folding and, and, you know, there's a lot of different sculptors who, who get really into process as far as, uh, manipulation of material. And that's really fun, but it's not really something that I've been too interested in for myself. Well, now you've got an upcoming, uh, I think we might have mentioned it offhand earlier on, you have an upcoming um, artist-in-residence uh, project or program that you're going into coming up. So talk, talk, tell us some about that. Right. Um, so I had an opportunity to join the Cahoma Collective. It's a it's an artist collective in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And... Um, it's, it's a program where I'll live and work here at the general store and hotel, but I'll also have a shop space and I'll have, have a, you know, opportunity to make work. Um, so that's going to be really huge and it's going to allow me to, to create. Um, because, you know, when you're making sculpture like this, you need a lot of space, you need a lot of material, you need a lot of, uh, you know, expensive tools and things like that. Um, so, you know, I'm really excited to be in this new space and, and have this grant to, to allow me to, um, you know, I, I just bought a welder and, and um, about to buy some material and just get really into making some sculpture over here um, and just get really into Clarksdale. You know, I've, I'm not really spending much, much time up here, but the, there's a lot of, uh, you know, art, art around. There's a lot of murals and I, I believe there's some sculpture talks in the works. And so I'm really excited to be here on the ground level of that too. Um, because I think it'll be, it'll be a great learning experience for me to uh, learn how to, how to organize something like this from the ground up. So beyond just doing, do you have any 
what are what are kind of your obligations to the to the project? Do you just just work doing your work, or do you have to do any teaching or anything like that? Well, um, I, so I'm required 24 hours of work a week, um, but then other than that, um, I have free time. Um, so they so they cover my. I don't have to pay rent or you know uh, bills or anything like that here. Um, so that frees me up, you know, a lot to, to make, make art, you know, because I won't have to work to, to pay, focus on paying rent. Um, so that, you know, just gives me a lot of time and space, which is really important. What kind of stuff have you, so you've got those, um, kind of the children's art inspired pieces. Is that something you're going to expand on you think, or do you have new directions you're going to be working on? Yeah, well, I do um, want to keep. I do want to keep exploring the the hand in the balloon imagery. Um, I just kind of really love how they how they interact together and how how different people perceive, you know, what it is. Even some people can't even un tell what it is. And and I think for it to be successful as an abstract sculpture is another fun thing. Um, but I, I really want to explore that. Um, but I also have been thinking a lot about, you know, time and space and memory. And and we actually have a couple projects here that we, we're about to start working on um, with space. So so a little bit more site specific, a little bit more immersive of, a, of an experience. Um, so I'm looking forward to experimenting with, uh, with those things as well as continuing the work that, um, you know, that I, that I already know and understand. And there are other artists who are part of the, uh, the program as well. Right. Um, there, so Kate Gluckman, she's, she's another artist here. Um, she used to run the Sunfire County Freedom Project. Um, but she's here and she's doing big, big river bagels out of Clarksdale, really great bagels, check them out. But, um, also there's a photographer Jay here. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and Michael Stanley, um, who's married to Kate. And so Michael, is, we're going to work together a lot on some projects, I'm hoping. And um, we're going to share a shop and, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have a good, you know, relationship to inspire each other, to create and challenge each other. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Tell people about, so you just got a welder. So that's, you know, a very unique uh, artistic supply for your, for your work. What are some of the other kind of... Uh, tools and skills that you have to have for th that kind of fabrication work? I think the main skill that you really need is just foresight, um, kind of planning uh, how you're going, you know, where your fingers are going to be after you get done cutting, <laughs> um, you know, paying attention to, you know, what's electrically charged and not, um, you know, it, there's, there's tricks to the trade, uh, and and you know I'm 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 always learning new things and and uh, a grinder you know comes we used grinders a lot <laughs> we can go through some grinders <laughs> but um, yeah it's it's fun it's not as intimidating I don't think as as most people see it you know uh, but it, it is potentially dangerous I mean they're the materials are really sharp and you know they could cut you or you know. They could fall on you, and um, I was just—I just learned about a, a sculptor who who one of his pieces fell on him and he died. Um, you know, so it's there's a lot of uh, patience 
involved in my end. I, I, you know, I just really try to plan out everything. And it's all, it's almost like a, a mental physics, you know, uh, where you're looking at the, the way that you're putting compositions together and how, how will this, you know, is this going to tip the sculpture over if I put the weight over here? Um, so it's, it's a, it's a fun puzzle, you know, and, and it's very, uh, it's very stimulating. <laughs> Well, Lawson, thanks so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Um, if people are interested to hear, learn more about your work, uh, tell us where, to, send them where where they can to see some of your work. Where would that be? Well, I'm working on getting a website set up right now, so I don't have one handy, but um, I do have an Instagram, and they could follow me at Lawson Main. That's L-A-W-S-O-N-M-A-Y-N-E. And uh, I post kind of regularly to there. And, you know, when I get a website, I'll definitely have it, have it in my bio. Well, the Instagram is kind of the, uh, the visual medium these days. So that's the play. And, yeah, and do you put like work in progress and stuff on there? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I put some stuff on there that I'm working on. Yeah. This is Larry Morrissey. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show is broadcast on MPB's statewide radio network on Sundays at 5 p.m. For access to all our past shows, please subscribe to the Arts Hour on your favorite podcasting app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson. President of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform.